Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. But you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Tuesday, 23 August, year of our Lord, 2022. I want to welcome everybody. We've got a packed show this afternoon. There's been a, an arrest regarding a threat against Turning Point USA the Tampa uh, Convention. Remember, we had Calamity Jane Zirkle down there, our on-the-spot reporter. She was down there. Uh, Charlie Kirk, we're trying to get, I think we're going to get Jack Posobiec as soon as he's up. We're going to come in for that breaking news. Uh, there's been an arrest about a threat that was made uh, at that conference. Uh, Jack Posobiec from Human Events Daily and Real America's Voice 10 p.m. show uh, with uh, Fernandez will join us in a second. Hernandez will join us in a second. I want to start with Julie Kelly. Julie, we had you on the show this morning. And as you got off, the verdict came out. Now, I've got Darren Beatty uh, from Revolver is going to join us. By the way, Boris Epstein is going to come and talk about the president's strategy. We've got Bill Mitchell from Bill Mitchell Reports. Uh, Pack show today. You literally got off the show with what Darren Beatty, yourself, a bunch of lawyers, everybody's talking about, a clear case of entrapment. And they found these two individuals guilty. Give us your assessment, Julie Kelly. Um, shocked outraged, disgusted at the conduct of this judge in particular. Think about this, Steve. The first trial in April, you and I have talked about it numerous times. You had four federal defendants on trial. Two men were outright acquitted. Other two men hung jury, Adam Fox, Barry Croft Jr. Prosecution immediately announces they're going to retry those two men. Their trial starts on August 9th of this year, the April trial, three weeks of testimony, four and a half days of jury deliberations. They come back, not a single conviction for the government, complete defeat for DOJ. Fast forward now to August 8th, the trial starts. We have eight days of testimony. The jury, you have two fewer defendants for a conspiracy, two fewer defendants because they've been found not guilty. Jury comes back in less than seven hours. Uh, after eight days of testimony, seven hours and a conviction on every single count. Kidnapping. Did we lose Julie? Did we lose our sound? She froze. Okay, well, we get her back up because the jury was out less than a day. I got to get Julie up. We got to pound down seven counts. Let's go. We have Jack Posobic. Let's go to Jack. Jack uh, Posobic, can you walk me through what happened at Turning Point? What was the situation? The conference was a huge success. We had Jane Zirkle down there doing interviews nonstop. I think five, six, seven thousand young adults, uh, place packed, super high energy. There was an arrest today. Am I hearing this correctly? Because it's kind of coming in fits and starts. What happened? Yeah, that's right, Steve. And actually, that's where um, where th this is during the time period when uh, I w you were away on assignment and I was uh, fighting the deep state and I was actually guest hosting War Room at, at the same time this was going on. Uh, during this week, but this was a situation that I was made aware of during the time period um, that these 
threats to Turning Point and to this event were identified. Law enforcement got in touch with Turning Point. Turning Point was in full compliance with uh, law enforcement, both federally and in lo with local law enforcement, both in Florida and in Texas, so San Antonio and Tampa. And then really also working to just keep that place shut down, not, not shut down, I should say, but keep it secure for all the attendees of the event and make sure that every that the threat itself was shut down and neutralized as fast as possible. So that was shared with us. It was also shared with law enforcement. Uh, we've also, at Turning Point, gotten more information as the case has proceeded. Uh, there were statements that the individual made relating back to the incel movement, talking about Elliot Rogers and really targeting Turning Point and targeting this event. Because I really think that, Steve, because the movement has gotten so much bigger, this populist, nationalist, conservative movement has gotten so much bigger, we're, sure, we're seeing what? Um, uh, possible violence, right, against the pro-life centers. We're seeing violence against Kavanaugh. We're seeing violence. Uh, Steve Scalise, a couple of years ago, was shot. And so these are the type of things that really happen when the movement gets bigger. That's the situation we're in. And so Turning Point took the steps both on the ground and then outside the event with our security and, and Steve, the security that we hire, it's everybody, their former Navy SEALs, uh, their former CAG, Dev Group head guys, Delta Force. We make sure that everything is, is really well taken care of. By the way, canceled his ticket on his way to turning points, didn't actually make the flight out. We're still investigating what exactly the reason he canceled his ticket was. But when we, we have a screening process, when anyone signs up for a turning point event and for lack of a better term, we go dark web on the people that sign up for these events. We are, we're looking up their, their names, we're looking up their social media, we're digging through stuff. I believe it was Instagram posts and some Discord posts that initially started the ball rolling when it came to this. But when you're looking at some of these statements that were made, it was very clear that he was targeting Turning Point, that he wanted to use it as a possible uh, target, that he was making absolutely lethal threats. And then later, when he was investigated by the FBI, they also found Apparently, we're hearing now child pornography in his possession. And so the investigation is still out in terms of that. Turning Point is working with them, and the security will always remain in place. And if anything, it's only going to get tighter as more events continue. The, the child pornography was reported by CNN and, um, and uh, Associated Press, I think, came forward and said, hey, in, in the search of this guy's computer, the camera with what looks like child pornography. Let's go back for a second. People understand this. You say Tampa. We know Tampa is where it was, San Antonio. Is that the hometown or is that where this individual lived? That's where the individual lived. That's right. And we say threats, and then you said the insult movement, particularly for our boomers, right? We have we have one or two audience members that are over the age of, uh, of 45, uh, Jack, so walk, walk us through what is the incel movement? This is not you're the expert or the living expert on Antifa and Occupy the Occupy movement Antifa the radical aspects of BLM What is incel and and maybe I can understand Antifa? Coming after turning point maybe BLM some of the people that I'm not saying the overall groups, but maybe individuals but what is the incel movement and what beef do they have against the young people at Turning Point? Well, so INCEL, it's a portmanteau. Um, what it stands for is involuntarily celibate or involuntary celibate. And the idea is that young men who have become so disaffected by current society, so disaffected by everything that's going on. And of course, things that we talk about here on, on War Room, things we talk about in Human Events Daily, um, the way that society has completely disaffected and purposefully, I would say, and, and I know you say deliberately targeted 
so many of the young people in this country, shut them out of jobs, shut them out of work, shut them out of meaningful relationships, shut them out of being able to have wealth formation, family formation, that it's created this sort of anger and it's created this sort of underbelly of rage. And you have people that are like this case in Santa Barbara who lashed out against And By the way, that's not to say that everybody um, who uses this moniker is violent, but you have seen incidents like Santa, UC Santa Barbara in 2014, Elliot Rogers, who is someone that this individual specifically cited to the FBI in interviews as a way to lash out. And he was targeting sororities. He was targeting uh, these type of things. Um, we don't know exactly why he targeted Turning Point for this. We do know that he attended a CPAC, I believe, one year prior to this. So that's something that is tied into the investigation. But you do have these groups that look at Turning Point and they target it because they see the size, they see the momentum. And they look at that as potentially something um, that could be a target for them. Fortunately, but for but but but, but, but hang us, on. But wouldn't that wouldn't it, wouldn't it be? The, the but given given, but hang on. Given their issue set, isn't Turning Point offering solutions for that? It, it, this is what I'm missing. I can understand hardcore lefties, cultural Marxists, and I'm not saying those people would ever go to the thing of threatening Turning Point or threatening uh, action against turning point but i'm saying you can oh, understand maybe somebody on the far a far left if but you turning point has has uh, breakout sessions workshops it's young people coming together um isn't a family formation i mean the concept is you don't need to be involuntarily involuntarily celibate you're going to find a mate and have a family and have a bunch of kids and live happily ever after that's what i don't understand what what what, what is the beef of the incel or these individuals against, it looks like a group that is offering solutions for their dilemma. Look, and, and that's exactly how you know the event was set up. But certainly, I talk about I talked about in my speech at that very turning point event, which, by the way, my family was at. Both of my children were there, and my wife was there. And specifically, something I talked about was the importance of, of growing families, of raising a family, of having kids, getting married finding a way, a path to success. That's exactly what we were talking about throughout the entire event. But the problem is that you have these, these various contingents on parts of the internet that you know, they either start looking at uh, clips taken out of context, or you know, someone says, oh, I don't like you know, POSO because I interviewed somebody they don't like, or I tweeted something they don't like. And it just builds and builds and builds until you get to the point where you have something like this. Okay, Jack, I know you're going to have updates. Uh, can we get uh, all the social media associated with you, the, the 10 o'clock show, which is already a huge hit with you and Drew Fernandez, Hernandez, um, and, uh, and also Human Events Daily. I think you're sitting in for Charlie Kirk this week also. You're, 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 you're the, uh, you're, you're the, uh, you never stop. I mean, you're working crazier this week than I've ever seen you work before. Where, where can everybody get you? Yeah, everybody knows if you need someone to pick up the shifts, you call the Polak, right? So we're we're guest hosting for Charlie Kirk. <laughs> guest hosting for Charlie Kirk. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I guess I implied. I guess I implied that to to, to the you, polls. You, 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 you didn't need to, Steve. You didn't need to. That's all right, though. No, we I don't, talked. We don't to, I this. talked. To, hold it. I talked to Tanya Tay, and she says, "Hey, have you ever got any extra work for the guy? Right? We're trying to. We're trying to take it to full capacity. We got bills to pay. So I just, you know, oh, just okay. Big Tanya it? Tay gave gave me a heads up. Wait, am I supposed to be getting paid more for this? I haven't. <laughs> wait, get my con producers, producers. <laughs> no, so we're we're on the 10 p.m. We've got the the it's the War Room Night Watch. Myself, 
through Hernandez. We're coming in, coming in hot in the evenings. So you're up during the daytime. You've got the afternoon show. We've got the nighttime. We're locking it down. And then, yes, also guesting for Charlie all this week, 10 to noon, and then another hour that's just radio and on, on the live stream. And we've got, of course, by the way, we're now co-located with John Solomon. So we actually had him in studio today, and we were able to break down his massive bombshell. Bombshell. The Solomon thing is a bombshell. John's going to be on the show tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Jack, thank Excellent. you so much. And for all the people at Turning Point, uh, great job on the security and great job on uh, working with the authorities to, to put this one away. Fantastic. Great work. Look, we're going, we go full dark web and we're going to keep doing it. That's, that's one of the reasons that, um, you know, when you have a skill set like this and you come in from an intelligence background, you're working with the people that we work with. We are not sparing any expense when it comes to Steve. We have minors, not just my children, but we have minors that come to attend. And we are not going to spare any expense when it comes to the security of our attendees. Jack Pasobic, Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, the whole team. Thank you very much. I think we got Julie. Uh, I think I think we got Julie up. Julie, uh, we have a connection again. Julie, it, here's the question: It was seven counts, and the jury was out less than 24 hours. How could that possibly be on what you said is a slam dunk entrapment case? Right. Well, it was actually about seven hours of deliberation. That was it. Um, closing arguments wrapped on Monday uh, around noon Eastern time. They left at five. They came back at 830 today. I think by 1030, 11, they were filling out the verdict forms. Um, so how does that happen? Well, you have a judge constantly interfering on behalf of the government, which this judge did. As you and I discussed this morning, he took the unprecedented step of limiting the cross-examination of two key government witnesses, two defendants who had pleaded guilty. They were supposed to be part of this kidnapping conspiracy with the two defendants, and the judge limited each defense attorney to 25 minutes. That was crazy. Um, also, the defense accused one jury of a juror of misconduct, asked the judge to investigate because coworkers had stepped forward telling defense attorneys that this particular juror said he was going to find the defendants guilty no matter what. Uh, the judge kept this juror on, refused to let defense attorneys in the room while this juror was uh, interviewed about the potential misconduct sealed all the filings related to the misconduct. And what I'm hearing today, Steve, shockingly, is that this was the juror who was the foreperson for this jury. I mean, none of this adds up. How could you have Sorry. such a lengthy trial the first time around? And now this time around, in less than seven hours, convictions on wow. life in prison uh, sent up counts like conspiracy okay. and weapons of mass destruction. We're going to take a short break. Julie, just hang on for a second. We've got uh, Darren Beatty from Revolver, Bill Mitchell, Bill Mitchell reports, and Boris going to join us by phone. All next in the war room. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time, fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. 
They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, MyPella.com, promo code War Room. It's that time of year that the kids are heading back to college. Make sure they're fully kitted out. Go to uh, MyPella.com, promo code War You got sheets, towels, pillows. You got buy one, get one freeze. You got super sales. You got... The, some of the great sheets at thirty nine ninety nine. You've got the classic pillows that Walmart will not sell in their big box anymore because they don't agree with like the summit, the moment of truth summit. So they took it out. You can still get you can still get the classic nineteen eighty eight. Make sure you go there now. Keep the room and the soccer trophies, but you got to send them on their way. So buy them a pillow. Okay, mypillow.com promo code worm. Want to bring? I'm hang. Uh, Julie's going to hang with us for a second. I want to bring in Darren Beatty, who, who you know, American greatness and Revolver have been all over this. So, Darren, here's what I'm confused about. I've been reading the coverage, and you know, we're all over this. It's seven major counts, each one quite complicated. I think each one brings a life sentence, right? Yeah. And it took the jury less than se- the first. It took the jury less than seven hours. It takes you that long to fill out the jury form. What tell me? Give me your perspective, sir, because this is this didn't seem like this was close. You've been making the cases as open and shut entrapment. What went on here? Well, I think it was clearly a politicized case, and one can't help but look at the details of this case and the outcome in light of other, you know, frankly outrageous outcomes that we've seen from the Justice Department, and conclude that the rule of law is dead in the United States of America. This is just further proof. There's no such thing as the rule of law and blind justice in the United States of America. These people absolutely did not deserve the verdict they had. There was a full trial under basically the same circumstances with zero convictions. That turned out to be profoundly inconvenient to the FBI and word spread around in national discourse up to the lips of Ted Cruz, who was pointing out what a disaster it was, and crucially, making a link between this disaster and January 6th. And so it's just too good of a talking point that percolated into the establishment Republican arena, spread too far, and it was too good of a talking point to say, look at the fake Fed entrapment hoax operation of the Whitmer case, where there was zero conviction. And so they had to change it, and they did, irrespective of whether or not the defendants in this case were actually guilty and uh, or whether they were victims of entrapment, which I think all the evidence suggests that they were. So I take it, and I'm going to get to Julie in a second about her assessment, uh, because it was a jury of their peers. Are, are you guys going to argue in your analysis 
that there was some something structurally wrong with the the trial. There was a judge. I know these guys are going to appeal, but when you look at this, it was a jury of their peers. And I think what's so shocking, I mean, Julie was on today. I didn't think this. I didn't think the verdict would come back for a week. I thought you'd be here Thursday or Friday, but it came back actually when she was on this morning. Is, is your issue now the structure of this, the way evidence was presented, the way they couldn't cross-examine, or that you didn't like the judge? What, what's, your, what's your beef? Well, there are all kinds of outrageous details, and Julie Kelly has chronicled this in far greater de detail than I have. You can ask her about the judge and you know all of that, or just look at the time spent. It was clear that this is a foregone conclusion. The fact that they had a retrial at all, I think, is evidence uh, of, of um, a lack of disinterested approach on behalf of the Justice Department. They needed this conviction, and they were going to get it any way they possibly could by hook or by crook, because as I said, it's just too good of a talking point for yeah. Americans to say, look, this Fed entrapment operation led to zero convictions, and the guy that oversaw this disaster is running the January 6th investigate. It's just too good. It's too powerful. It's too damning. And so they needed to at least undermine that talking point by securing this convictions at the expense of these two individuals' lives. Let me go to Julie Kelly. Julie, what is your assessment? You've covered this in more detail than anybody. What is your assessment? I know you put the breaking news up on American Greatness in your Twitter feed, but what is your assessment so people can actually see your breakdown of what went on here? Well, the assessment, to Darren's point, this was a lot of the same evidence that was presented in the April trial that didn't result in a single conviction after four and a half days of jury deliberations. What was different in this case was the conduct of Judge Yonker. Now, I listened to most of the first trial, and I listened to almost all of this trial. His attitude, the way he handled defense attorneys, uh, the way he rushed through jury selection in one day, the way he kept pushing defense to get this trial over with, calling their line of questioning crap. I mean, those were the words that he used. And at one point, defense attorney Joshua Blanchard told the judge, look, your attitude, your conduct is certainly showing the jury your bias towards the government. This is not how this should be handled. This is a major case. Our defendants' lives are at stake. They can go to jail for the rest of their lives. What is the rush? Um, and so that was just one example of how the judge acted differently than the first trial. You had accusations of juror misconduct. Now it seems like that juror was the foreman for the jury. Everything is under seal. Um, and now we're going to have to wait for an appeal. But if there is an appeal and these two men get off, which they should, this will be long memory hold. The scary thing is that this judge and his conduct emboldened a corrupt unaccountable, out-of-control FBI to continue these sort of operations. I'll tell you, the tweets coming out of the FBI DC field office today seem like bragging from Stephen D'Antuano. They've got six or seven tweets bragging about new arrests for January 6th, bragging about plea deals, bragging about convictions in court that happened today for January 6th defendants. This is, they are just tap dancing in Washington, DC at that field office for what they think that they're gonna get away with. And unfortunately, they probably will because even the Republicans who have made this an issue, they're gonna forget all about it now that, that uh, DOJ got these two convictions. Uh, Julie, how can people uh, follow you, get your assessment uh, and follow you in American Greatness and on uh, Twitter and other social media platforms? 
So all my work is at amgreatness.com, including my article today with the wrap-up of the trial, uh, Twitter, Julie underscore Kelly 2, Getter, and Truth Social, Julie underscore Kelly. The reason the FBI is doing it, they're totally politicized. They're the Gestapo. Hey, I don't care if they don't like hearing it. Daily Mail's got a story up net right now about Garland, about what Garland's done in the president situation. Boris is going to be on here updated. John Solomon's going to be back on here tomorrow. They got the White House counsel involved in this. They're completely lawless. They know they're lawless. And we're going to, by the way, I think you're going to be quite surprised. On Like Anthony Sabatini says, defund them first and then hold a hearing. So right. they can tap dance all they want, spark, sp right. have the smirks, spike the football. They're all doing that for the MSNBC and New York Times crowd. Well, guess what? Those people don't run the country. I know they think they run the country. They don't run the country. The people run the country. And you're going to see that on 8 November. That's what they rushed this thing for. They had to get done through the midterm. Uh, Beatty's absolutely correct. This is terrible for their narrative. Julie, thank you very much for coming on here. We look forward to seeing the assessment, man. Right. Thanks for having me on again, Steve. Thanks. Okay, Darren, uh, it, it, tell me about Twitter. You know, I hate to say I'm getting tired of winning, brother, but I'm almost getting tired of winning. I told you this is not a company. I told you this is just a, a, a Intel operation. Uh, that they, they, they're completely mismanaged, chaotic. They lie about everything they do. Tell us about this whistleblower. How big a deal is this? Not just for the Elon Musk of it all, but more importantly, for what you call the global town square, sir. Yes. Well, it's really something that anyone, you know, should have known already as far as the fact that Twitter is a hotbed of intelligence operations being, and why wouldn't it be? This is the global public square. It is the, absolute global nexus of communication, certainly of influential communication. So it only makes sense that it would be infiltrated up the wazoo by influence operations led by intelligence agencies. And indeed it is. And that's one thing that from the beginning, when we were talking about the possibility of Musk acquiring it, that Musk maybe didn't take fully into account is that the fact that this is such a crown jewel for intelligence agencies, not reflected in whatever ostensible valuation of Twitter as being 20 billion, 40 billion, whatever. It's priceless. It's priceless because control of information at that scale is priceless. And that's why, unfortunately, uh, the acquisition was doomed from the beginning. But here we have a story from CNN of all places indicating that a whistleblower is saying he's a former head of security at Twitter saying, Oh, the C-suite is really doing a lot to cover up the extent to which there's foreign infiltration of Twitter. Now, first of all, I have to say, the fact that CNN is covering this indicates something very important. What the guy's complaining about is that there are foreign intelligence agencies operating on Twitter, as opposed to how it should be and how it normally is, is that it's the U.S. intelligence using Twitter. So that's okay. But once some other foreign agency gets a piece of the pie, that's a problem, and that requires a whistleblower. So there is a bit of uh, a, a kind of a slant and an angle going on even in the CNN revelation. But it's important to understand Twitter for what it is. That's precisely what it is. And I hope the whistleblower um, comes forward further because, frankly, anything that damages Twitter at this point is a good thing. And it shouldn't be understood as a normal company. It shouldn't be understood as just, you know, a, an, an ordinary business because it's not. It is the epicenter ground zero for the creation of people's reality because information creates people's reality at scale. And that's what Twitter does. And whoever controls Twitter has a big, big role in shaping the reality that people live in from a day-to-day -day basis.
I mean, here's what's shocking. By the way, just stay with us through the break for a minute. We got Boris up. We got Bill Mitchell up. But here's the thing. We said in the very first stage of the thing, we said, hey, this is just different intelligence operations. And, and Darren comes on and says they craft the narrative. The head of security, this is not some schmendrick. This is not some grundoon. This is the head of security that reported directly to the chief executive officer. He's come forward. He's one of the top hackers in the world. His information he's put out already. I suppose he's all these reports going around. Will blow your head, but basically says, yeah, the platform's nothing but a bunch of, it's got tons of uh, Intel operations. Oh, guess what? We can't even, we don't even know the number of bots. We don't want to know the number of bots. I keep saying it, it's not a business. The bots are the business. Short break. Darren Beatty, Bill Mitchell, Boris Epstein, next in the world. Millions of Americans are waking up to a country they don't recognize. And while they struggle to raise their families and pay the bills, the media and corporations are telling them they're what's wrong with the country. Well, thankfully, there are a few companies that still believe in America and our Constitution. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone company, is on the front lines fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. Thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. I want to repeat that. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Get the same great service plus the knowledge that your money is supporting the values that made America great and will make her great again. Go to PatriotMobile.com. That's one word. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 972 972- Patriot. That's 972 Patriot. Use the offer code Bannon to get free activation. Special discounts are available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972 Patriot. Action, action, action. Do this today. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, for uh, folks at home, if I can tell the, uh, if I can get the crew in Denver, and if I can also get my uh, always crack production team at the War Room, if you go to Daily Mail, the largest site in the world, the Daily Mail right now, if you go below the J-Lo's Three Dresses and, and the announcement of Meghan Markle's incredible new podcast, uh, you know, talking about her life and her insights on everything. If you go below that and above, it's it's above uh, Ivanka and Jarrett in their matching black outfits, holding hands, walking in. My, who does that? Matching black outfits, shorts and tank. To, it's above that. You, the Daily Mail actually has our morning show. My rant against the FBI and Merrick Garland. Uh, I'm sure that's just to add to my prison sentence. That's what I, I thank the Daily Mail. It's below Meghan Markle and above the Jarrett and Ivanka in matching black outfits. Kitted out. <laughs> you can't make this up. And, and of course, J-Lo's three dresses. Three, I might add, white wedding dresses as a sign of purity. Okay, that's the Daily Mail. Let's please, if we can get that story up. I want to go back to Darren Beatty. You know, you don't know if to, to, how, how to take this seriously or is it all a parody. Darren, uh, Michigan, uh, Twitter will get more into, here's what people have to understand. 
that Twitter that one time had a market capitalization of I think it topped out at ninety billion dollars. And to get there, it not just had a lot of individuals involved, a lot of your pension fund money, a lot of these crooks on Wall Street bought this stock at a $90 billion valuation, okay? Uh, Trump, then they kicked their number one guy off Trump. It dropped, then Getter and all these others. Parlor gaps are come up in July of 2021. The market cap was $70 billion. When, when, uh, when Elon Musk bid on it, the market capitalization was $35 billion. It dropped, I think, essentially 60, 50 or $60 billion in value. Right. Okay? Uh, and that remember, your pension money is in there. So t t check your account of your, your pension fund and see how these brilliant managers are doing it. This thing is not worth anything. It's, it, it, I know Darren says it's prices. My point is it's not really a business. It's a bunch of intel operations and others like Big Pharma that are trying to drive narrative and trying to, you know, as, as uh, Alex Jones says, control your mind. But now it's proven. The head of security came forward and said, there's no controls. We don't want to know the number of bots because the whole thing is bots. So we don't ever ask the questions. Uh, we don't, we, we got intelligence platforms all in here. Intelligence services all in here. Foreign intelligence service. Read CC, Chinese Communist Party, as we've said, all in here. Uh, they're, they're giving your information out to everybody. There's literally no checks and controls on anything. As we've said, and I have said from day one, the management team in the board, if this is a private company, nobody will care or nobody cares much. They're putting out public information every every quarter telling you how big they are and how much growth they are. It's all crap. It's all lies. It's a breach of fiduciary responsibility. Who's going to pay the pension funds the difference in the 80 or 90 billion dollars and where it is a day in the floor it's about to fall through? Who's going to pay? Is Jack Dorsey? Let's go grab his money. Let's have let's have some reparations. How about reparations for the pension funds for the lies and misrepresentation? All of management in the chain of command has to go to jail. All the boards of directors to jail. You guys know about it. Your head of security is saying it. Not just have to have congressional. Where's where's FBI and Justice Department on that? Hey Merrick, where where are you on that? You're rounding up these guys in somebody's basement in in Michigan. Right. Where, where, where's this touted FBI with all your press releases and everything? Where are you on, on Facebook about the foreign intelligence service? The CCP's all over. Where are you, brother? Darren Beatty, talk to me about Michigan before you punch. Yeah, I just wanted to really let it sink into the audience. Just what an outrage the Michigan case was from an entrapment standpoint. So just a few data points. The explosives expert. And so one of the guys, one of the defendants who was just found guilty today, they arrested him when he was driven by a guy. The guy driving the car was a fed, driving him to somebody that he was going to allegedly buy explosives from. The explosives expert was a fed. The reason that he would have money in the first place is that the feds gave him credit cards because the guy was so destitute that, you know, he was living uh, in the basement of a vacuum repair shop. He didn't even cash out the money. He brought like $200, which wasn't enough to buy the explosives anyway. Like what makes this entrapment is that it's not like this was going on and the feds were just sitting back watching and they stopped it. They were actively, proactively involved in every critical element of it. In fact, there's one other scene I want to draw people's attention to, which was this famous surveillance scene where they were driving by Whitmer's house and thinking about, oh, should we blow this up? Should we blow up a bridge? Should we 
to be kidnap her there. It's incredible. They were driving around in a van, and three out of the five people in the van were federal agents and informants. That's ridiculous. That gives you a sense. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's person driving. It's obscene. It's an obscenity. It's not funny. It's an obscenity. I'm I'm only laughing because it's such an obscenity. Yeah. Remember too, even the even the media the media is so embarrassed about this. This afternoon there hasn't been. We couldn't even pull a a a poll a a poll clip. There may be tonight, but people remember in October of twenty. We're running up to the election. I mean, people are voting. People are voting in Michigan. They got people voting. There's rallies. You know, we're we're down the debates. We're down to it. We are down to this election. And for five nights in a row, this is all Rachel Maddow did. I think she flew to Michigan, and I mean, they were anchoring out there. This was the yeah. biggest story in the world. The no, Whitmer, who was story. going to be president one day, the biggest story in the world. This is the biggest story in the universe. Three of the five guys in the van, including the driver, were FBI agents or assets. We're going to get yes. to all this, too. We have the real January 6th, the real investigation, and we adjudicate 3 November. We're going to get to the whole Fed's erection part of this. Darren Beatty, how do people get to you on Revolver? You're breaking some amazing stuff over there. It's a must-go-to show prep. It's one of the show preps for the war room. So how do, how do people get there? Revolver.news. It's white hot right now. We're covering the Whitmer case. We've got Julie Kelly's excellent write-up. We've got some amazing things from Just the News, which you've been talking about recently. There's a lot of hot, brand-new, fresh stuff up at Revolver News. And I am on Twitter at Darren J. Beatty. And we're also at Gitter at Revolver News. So check us out there. And there's much, much more to come. By the way, Darren, I just my 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 always astute production team tells me your new headset. Is that you're like are you got a side gig at ESPN? Are you doing the game? <laughs> you're doing game you're doing you're doing it's you're getting so high tech on me. I'm now showing the big hair. I got the <laughs> IFB. I'm tra- I'm doing the big hair. I'm doing the big hair without the thing at Darren B's going the actual opposite. He's going he's a gamer. Right? You're showing me that representing okay, the gamer community, yes. <laughs> representing the gamer you're so hip. Uh th- by the way, do you have a matching black suit with your wife you guys walk around down in uh down in Miami? No, but I'm, I'm glad we got Beattie. the idea. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna have matching black. Who does that? Seriously, what adults do that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Darren Beatty. Bill Mitchell. Bill Mitchell. Sir. Bill, I I want to bring you up. First off, Bill, you were one of the early guys for Trump and on Trump and knew about and kind of got Trump right. back in fifteen sixteen. On Twitter, yeah. you at one time were a massive presence on Twitter, and then all of a sudden, Twitter decided. Bill Mitchell's too big a presence. He's gone. Give us your assessment, sir, of being a guy that was one of the voices, platforms for Trump back in the early days. What is your assessment of Twitter, sir? Yeah, you know, MIT did a study of 150 most influential people in the 2016 election. And just based upon my Twitter presence, I was ranked number 26 in the country, uh, the highest civilian in the whole country in the election, just based upon my Twitter presence. I had almost 600, um, almost 700,000 followers there. And on election night, people were tuning into my feed because I had been guaranteeing a Trump victory. And I had 90 million hits on my Twitter feed on election night. And uh, I think that as 2020 approached, they saw me as a threat. They didn't want me on there. And so about four months before the election, I had made a post that if you breathe into a mask, you rebreathe your own CO2 and it's unhealthy for you. And I posted some medical studies and they found that offensive. And they, uh, without recourse, deleted my account. I was gone from Twitter forever. So... 
there, there's uh, no it's, it's there's done. no doubt but there's no doubt in your mind it was done because you you had a platform and were talking about president trump oh, yeah. etc right that's what that's why they took you down right no doubt oh absolutely i, I mean i saw, i've seen tweets where they're at, actually were threatening to assassinate president trump and those tweets weren't even taken down my entire account was wiped out no warnings nothing just gone no recourse for posting that if you breathe in a mask it's not healthy you, so, you got the yeah, Twitter death that's penalty. I got the, the Twitter death penalty. Have you, the reason I want to have you on tonight, you had something up on the, your show the other day that I thought was quite fascinating, and I don't think we do it enough here. You talked about polls, and you talked about it, and you said, yep. hey, look, don't get – and I think it's specifically – I think it was related to the 16 down, Fetterman 16 up, uh, Oz is 16 down, uh, you know, uh, Mastriano is 15 down, and I don't think you were pining about the quality of their campaigns, but you say, hey, look – the establishment is going to do this. Democrats are going to do this. There's all these polls are going to come out. Don't lose it when you see a lot of these polls. Walk through what you were talking about in on the fake poll business, sir. Yeah, you know, polls are a lot like a cereal box. You know, you look at the front of a cereal box. You've got a kid enjoying the cereal. It looks delicious, right? But if you turn the box over, you see all the garbage that's in the cereal. And that's why I recommend to people when they look at polling, I said, don't look at the top line number. That's where they lie to you. Go into the internals. And find out what the internals of the poll are. I'll give you an example. In the Wisconsin race, a uh, poll just came out uh, from Marquette Law School that says that uh, Johnson is trailing by seven points in that race. And they say the reason why he's trailing by seven points in that race is because the incumbent, uh, or Lieutenant Governor uh, Mandela Barnes, has got a 14-point lead with independence. Now, you got to understand, Steve, that Joe Biden, according to Quinnipiac, which is not a Republican pollster, is only at 23% approval amongst independents. So how does this Democrat have a 14-point lead amongst independents? He doesn't. That's the back of the cereal box. That's what tells you that the front of the box is a lie. And I remember back in 2016, about two or three weeks before the election, WAPO and, um, and uh, who was it, uh, Washington Post and ABC News came out of the poll saying that Hillary was 16 points ahead. Uh, in the election. And I said at the time, look, at this is a D plus 16 sample. They're using Obama numbers as the sample. Hillary does not have that. If you make this an even R plus zero sample, then Trump is winning this election. And I said, if you look at the internals, you can tell who's really winning the election. And if you look at the internals on all these polls, in Arizona, the master's uh, uh, poll, it just came out. And they said that Kelly was ahead by, I believe, about eight points in Arizona. But if you look at it, they're claiming in that poll that MASH is only, is only getting 82% of Republican votes and 10% of Republicans are voting for Kelly. Preposterous. In the, uh, in the uh, uh, primary, Republicans turned out 230,000 more voters than Democrats did. And yet, in polls for both Kerry Lake and for Masters, they're both trailing. It's baloney. It's garbage. It's just to take your joy. It's just to lead the news cycle and make you feel like you can't win. But trust me, you can win and we are winning. Bill, how do people get to the Bill Mitchell Report? How do they get to you on social media and how do they get to the uh, podcast? Sure. Yourvoice.news is my website. Uh, it's an unusual into it, .news instead of .com. So yourvoice.news. And also I'm on, you know, uh, Getter, True Social, all the place. I'm always at, at MitchellVII. And, uh, yeah, follow me there. We don't live stream the show on Getter. It's very successful there. Yeah. And uh, we live stream a lot of different places. So, yeah, it's great. 
We watch you on Getter. I want to make sure everybody, let's push that out. Everybody's got to uh, watch Bill Mitchell, one of the great voices out there. Bill, thank you very much for joining us, and we're going to have you back on to get some of these polling to break them down. We're going to look in the back of the cereal box. Bill Mitchell, thank you very much, sir. Okay, short commercial break. We got a couple of surprises, and we got Boris. All next in the war room. Are you feeling frustrated and powerless in the face of sky-high inflation? Well, here's what you can do about it. Now, take a minute and go to this website, preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. You'll find a ready-hour, three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. It's what I call inflation-fighting food. This kit is packed with emergency meals, the kind that stay fresh for up to 25 years. And these meals not only stay fresh, they stay affordable too. That's because right now, my Patriot Supply is giving you $250 off this three-month kit. Get it, and you're guaranteed affordable meals when food prices get completely out of control. In other words, you'll lock in the affordable food for years to come. When you're ready for real preparedness, make sure to look for Ready Hour Foods for my Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com and save 250 bucks on a three-month emergency food kit. It ships fast and it ships free. Get yours now, preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Action, action, action. Protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, Getter, by the way, Bill Mitchell report. He's up on Getter. You know, they, they got so many revolvers on Getter. It's just unbelievable. Between Tree Social and Getter, you got everything you need. You get news feeds. You got all the top personalities. Just get it. Boris, uh, thank you, by the way, for breaking away. You're going to have more detailed analysis tonight, tomorrow. But I know there's some breaking news and assessments you want to give us. What's going on? No doubt about it, Steve. Honor to be with you. Honor to be with the War Room Posse again. Uh, just came down in the last few minutes. But the judge in Florida, in the Southern District of Florida, Judge Cannon, has now come down and, and asked for more filings from the president and his legal team. And I would say from, you know, from reading, uh, you know, the order, which is short to the point, it definitely indicates as, as you know, her positive perspective on where the president, uh, where the president team stands uh, and on the fact that this is, you know, th this case and this issue should be in front of her in the Southern district versus being in front of the lower, uh, hold, the hold, lower hold, hold, real quickly. I know you pressed for time, but tell us the difference between why you're now at the Southern district where always of my, of Florida, where it should be instead of in front of a man. I mean, she's a real federal judge. The other guy's a magistrate. It's a magistrate judge, but he's a magistrate. There's a difference in scale like that. Tell us, is this now you think going to go in front of the judge really going to put their hands on it? Precedent. When you when you go and you petition for a special master, which means an independent judge, independent entity person to oversee you know information documents property during a significant precedent says that you go up to the to a district court, you go to the highest level possible before you get up to the appellate courts. 
you go to the to a district court. Now that precedent comes from the Southern District of New York. It applies to the Southern District of Florida. So that is why where the president and and his team have filed now is at that district court level. And you know, by she the judge has asked by Friday to submit filings on the 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 standing vis-a-vis -vis Judge Reinhardt and whether you know where you know where that conflict stands. And obviously President Trump has already expressed that Reinhardt should recuse himself because right Will this delay will this delay if they're asking for more if, if they're asking for more filings on Friday, will this delay Reinhardt's decision you believe on Thursday? Will he kick the can down the road and say, I'll see what the federal court will say say first? He shouldn't. And by and by the way, that was that's another reason why the president's decision to separate the president and his team from the issue in front of Reinhardt. Remember, Reinhardt is overseeing a, a, a motion that was done by a conglomeration of left-wing outlets, you know, yes. Judicial Watch, center-right outlets, yeah. and it's versus the DOJ. President Trump is not is, is not involved in that back and forth regarding the affidavit. President Trump and his team filed a robust filing yesterday in the Southern District Court that's totally separate and 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 direct from that. So that I, you know, Judge Reinhardt should not use this as an opportunity to kick the can down the road because President Trump is not a party to the motion in front of him. It's the New York Times, uh, Judicial Watch, and others versus the DOJ. What, That's what is going to be on Thursday. What, what is what, you're going what, to have what is the, the a filing by the DOJ yeah, the, on the redaction? The the president's lawyers. What what's your response on this on this Merrick or the White House getting directly involved with the White House counsel and kicking it to the FBI for for a criminal process, sir? Well, what obviously happened, and you could read it in that in that letter, is that the you know the White House Counsel's Office, the Biden White House Counsel Office, is piercing the the privilege without without actually affirmatively doing so. They say, "Oh, you you figure it out." Well, by not asserting privilege, by not affirming that a president who is out of office continues to have privilege, which of course he does. That's what the Biden White House did, and absolutely participated in the planning and preparation. For this unprecedented, unwarranted, unnecessary raid against President Trump and his family at his home. This all goes back to the key issue. President Trump was in full compliance and cooperation with all rules, laws, and regulation, and cooperation with the DOJ. And further, if you yep. look at the warrant, this is very important. Rifkin wrote about this in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, There's absolutely no way there's any legal underpinning for this because no. the DOJ actually didn't even lose, use the Presidential Records Act as a reason you, you, for the you, war. You, you, they tried you to mean, do an Rivergan was all with us on the impeachment. We're having back on real quickly. Your social media. You'll be back on tomorrow morning for more in-depth no analysis. Give us your give us your social media. Absolutely hot hot on BorisCP.com. Sign up right now. The website BorisCP.com. Hot on Getter at Boris. Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on Truth Social at Boris. And the hottest on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. All offense. See you tomorrow. Thank you, brother. On offense, I want to bring in one of the heroes and patriots, one of the fighters, Jennifer in Osella County, Osceola, Osceola County, Florida. I hope Osceola, close enough. Jennifer, Osceola. you're running for school. Osceola, you're running for school board. Tell us why you're running, and do you need people to turn out right now to support your candidacy? Absolutely. I'm running because I'm a mother, first and foremost, and I'm running to stand up for our parental rights and to stand up for our children. Their innocence, their mind, their vulnerability is something that needs to be preserved as long as we possibly can. That's our duty and our honor and our privilege. And I'm standing with many, many, many other parents who feel the exact same way and have who have, who have been showing up to the school board meetings and showing up for their children um, to make sure that we take back our school boards and we make sure that they respond to the community the way it's supposed to be.
Jennifer, when we say take back, I thought I thought what you just laid out is the mandate of the school boards anyway. T- give us, we got 30 seconds. Tell us what happened. How did this get off track? I don't know how it got off track. I think that COVID served um, as a blessing, right? A blessing in disguise. And it allowed a lot of parents to wake up and realize what was being taught in schools and things that were going on. And uh, I think that's the biggest take out of it, of it from it from it right now is just that we it's an opportunity that we need to seize the moment. And it's a wave that we're going to ride it to the end. And parents are going to be triumphant. We are going to protect our kids. We're going to stand up for our parental rights. And we're going to we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a change. Jennifer, real quickly, what's your social media? How do they get to your site? There's a couple hours left to, to vote. Where do they go? Yes. So I am running for uh, school board in District 1, which is essentially West Osceola County, West Kissimmee. Celebration is a big area that they can come. That's where a lot of uh, my voters are located and uh, off of 192 as well. Also in Davenport um, and South OBT. I I have a link on my Facebook page, which is Arguello for School Board. Uh, They can find all the information there to go and vote. Please. We've got about an hour left. You're right to come out and vote so we urge everyone to come out and vote cast their voices let's keep pounding okay we're gonna thank you very much jennifer good luck run through the tape we're gonna go to florida new york nevada new hampshire fauci and the ukraine all next hour you're not gonna want to miss this okay uh as we power through on primary day here in the room john frederick's also tonight i think starting at seven o'clock john frederick's ready to be picking up coverage from uh Anthony Sabatini's headquarters. See you in a few minutes. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. Dot com, All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us.